We are not sports censor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Debate Amongst Friends. I am the Professor John Guiding. My co-host over here is Doc Leesner, the podcasting beast, and we're ready to provide you with another fun edition of sports news, analysis, and the reads. Doc, another week of Debate Amongst Friends. Doc, what if I told you? You know, we kept talking about your baseball analogy. You know, you kept saying that you just want to, you know, get hits, not necessarily go for home runs. Like, what if I told you, you know, you, you hit first base, the outfielder didn't gather the ball yet, you get up the second base, and, you know, they just finally got the ball. And I'm screaming to you, I'm screaming, Doc, go to third, get that triple, do it, do it, do it now. And then you slide into third and everything just lights up but not in the positive way what would be your thoughts i think my first thoughts not to quote meteor man but <laughs> oh <laughs> my first initial reaction is to laugh and then say oh because it would be the stupidest thing that's ever happened. I mean, and you know me, I've been through those stupid injuries. So, you know, not once, but two times. And if actually, when I'm looking back on it, probably even more than that. <laughs> stupid injuries like that. Probably just, just like something. small little, you know. It's the, it's the, it's the dumbest thing. Yeah, like, but but, but I segue our opening conversation to talk about a situation that happened back at our home state, New Jersey, where a young high school uh, kid who just started high school on the second uh, game of the year um, had a horrific ankle injury um, sliding into third base. And the headline says he told a kid to slide, then he got sued. And it, this is really a thing, ladies and gentlemen. Like, there's a civil docket and everything. Like, this has been going on for two years. So I just want to preference, though. Preference, preference like, it. Preference this it. was, this happened in 2012, the incident. But we're talking about seven years later. Seven years later. That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. That that goes beyond the participation trophy conversation that we used to have. Yes. Now we're, we're talking about players suing because of a play call. Play call, which probably was the right play call. Right. And I mean, that, that just doesn't even make any sense. And I'm looking at the conversation and I had to laugh because... I mean, you heard me laughing. Oh, yeah. We, like, I, I brought this up right before we got on, on the air. And, you know, I was like, Doc, I think this would be a great code opening. You know, once I you mean, thought. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. I the mean, question so, was. So, so be, before, before we okay, go into go that, like, like, give them, the, give them the, the facts of what happened. So, so we can start going into our reactions because they're not going to really know. Okay. So. I mean, I don't. Need, I mean, can we say the person's name? I mean, I don't even know. We'll just say. Yeah, might as the, well. Right, okay. the, everything's so, settled out of court now. That's true, and it's it's actually on online. The whole exactly. Case. Like, it's no, public, there, public is, there is no. Uh, technically, this is public record. Yeah, absolutely. It's public record, no, so. please, plus, so, plus, if Jake that he deserved to have his name out there. 
he does. Jake Mezer, um, who was at that time a 15-year-old freshman at Boundbrook High School, of course. We're talking about a young senior October over here. Young October. Ooh. Uh, but here's the crazy part. He's the quote-unquote best player on the JV team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had just made the varsity basketball team that winter. And, of course, given his talents and, for, and passion for sports, it seems like he was going to go down as one of the greatest in the school's history. So, so they're building this. So, so that right up. there is like oh, that's yeah. motive for this whole thing to happen. So on April 4, 2012, basically this coach who, I mean, he's a, a, a teacher there. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is John Sook. He's, Sook. Uh, again, Sook, Sook, Sook. I mean, I just went with Sook because it looks like Sue. You just throw a K on it. I know, but they also showed the yeah. pronunciation as Sook. Oh, did it? Well, Sook. But forget he, about that. Forget about that. We're not yeah, going to go to yeah, semantics about that. Like, let's, let's not go he's, to semantics about that. Give the facts. He's a, third, he's a third base coach. He's sitting there. And I think the reason why he's being ostracized is because this is his first time coaching at this level. However, basically, kids run rounding second, coming to third. He tells the kid to slide. And we, we're told that he hears a, they hear a pop. And there goes, quote, unquote, this kid's future. He goes through three or four surgeries. And I guess that also there's a part in here where the visiting team was actually leading six to zero at the top of the second inning. There's a few little things. Um, Mezzer, of course, was batting for the second time. Um, he actually hit it deep to the left field. Two runs scored. And he's running second, rounding second, headed to third. And then you hear a pop. Um, and of course, Coach Souk rushed to his side. Of course, was also a scorekeeper, and basically, they're tending to him until the ambulance comes. Yes. So, well, actually, it was the father who was the scorekeeper. Yeah. Yes, I was saying the father is the scorekeeper. Yes. Yeah. So, I want to skip past this because I mean that's ultimately what happened. It's a game. You play it's to win the game. So, it's a game. Sometimes injuries happen. Sometimes it yes. happens, you know, uh, with ill intent. Sometimes it happens completely accidental. We have seen that with many of athletes. So my question is, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what the attorney was thinking with this line of question. And that's what had me laughing. Yes. So Tell them. Tell the, them. So the first question is, you did signal for him to slide to third base, correct? Of course, Coach Souk says correct. What was the reason for that? What was the reason for him to slide to third base? I mean, even if I never, ever watched baseball in my entire life, anytime you're sliding, you know specifically it's to beat the throw. <laughs> I mean, you just know like you're trying to beat the throw. And sliding is the quickest way to do that. Absolutely. So, okay. Based upon you're telling us that there was a play at third base, right? That's correct. How close was he to third base when you signaled him to slide? Approximately six feet. He was running full speed, correct? No. He was running three-quarter speed. Of course he was, he was running a quarter speed. I mean, he was of skipping course. to third base, ladies and gentlemen. 
So the last question here from excerpt one says, giving no indication that he was going to slide, correct? He was running full speed around the bases. He, his eyes were not affixed on the ball. He did not see the ball coming. I did. Therefore, he was running full speed. But upon my decision and telling him at a safe distance to slide, he was able to do so. And that's a good answer. Very good answer. But my question is, why would you ask the first question is, the whole reason why we're here, you did signal for him to slide to third base. Well, if we if if he didn't signal for him to slide to third base, we wouldn't be here. I mean, would we not be? I mean, come on. That's just a ridiculous question. It and is. then who if you tell somebody to slide six feet, seven feet, eight feet, it wouldn't matter. I mean, and I'm trying to think of the distance between the second and third base. Um, I, I cannot remember the distance as far as the feet, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure six feet, that's a pretty good chunk of time to slow down and slide. If anything, I could understand if he would have torn his pants. And it's um, 90 feet. 90 feet. feet. So he's running six feet away. Number one, if he's the best player, he needs to know where the ball is. The coach is right there telling you to slide. You got to do it. What is what distance is not a safe distance for a runner to begin to slide? Apparently, says, any any anywhere near ninety feet. Right, apparently. <laughs> but the coach said any distance inside of two feet. So the next question was: so there would be no reason for a third base coach to signal a player to slide into third base if there was not a potential player third. That's correct. Because sliding is dangerous. And, of course, they said objections, so on and so forth. Yes. But Which is true. I mean, and... Sliding is dangerous, absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing, though. Like, sliding is dangerous no matter what. Yes, you know, you could hurt your ankle. Yes, you know, I mean, a lot of things could happen, especially if, you know, the person at, at base, the defender at base, you know, jumps in the air to grab the ball and falls down, like... You know, right. you might get a cleat in your ankle. You might, you know, something terrible could happen. We've seen these things. And ultimately, it probably happened so fast, we don't even know if he slid correctly. And, and that was going to be my point. I mean, it could have no just idea. been a matter of just bad circumstances, you know? I mean, his technique could have been perfect. Yes, they keep emphasizing that he's the best player. But – right. Even the best players out there, we're not just talking baseball folks, they can make a mistake. They could do a technique not right. Like, right. it's just the way the game is. And unfortunately for this young man, he got hurt as a result. But the fact that we have the, this ambulance chasing lawyer hoping to, you know, benefit of it. And I'm questioning more about the statute of limitations for, um, for this particular lawsuit, because um, I kind of want to find out, like, how long should it be until they're able to actually do this? Yeah, because that you can go back and be like, hey, you know, he had me practicing in some severe weather, and mm-hmm. you know, now I'm having lung complications. You know what I mean? Like anything could. That, that, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I didn't. Well, it just makes like, it I'm easy for. 
Yeah, like it just makes it easy for, you know, so much more things could be said, but that's not, you know, really the case. Right, and that goes back to media baiting and everything that we've been pretty much talking about all season. Um, really, it's an interesting case. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm really surprised that this made it to a judge and not to, like, like um, arbitration or some kind of settlement court. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, clearly, the high school baseball coach won the case. I mean, clearly. We, I mean, we it, was, it was a complete waste of the court's time. It really was. Um, I'm sure the jury was like, I mean, as well, much as I'm I would pretty love sure to they have deliberated in like in, in like an hour, <laughs> like as much as I would love to have this seven to ten dollars, you know, per day per diem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and pass on this one and close this up. Um, but I mean, ultimately, there's no real proof, you know, that he made a bad call. There's no proof really in anything. It's just like, hey. If if the player Jake Mezer would have got up there and said, "Hey, it was closer than six feet," then it would have been completely different. Completely different. Yeah. You know, but he's saying that he made a, a poor decision, and that doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting story. Um, I'm glad that. They worked it out. I mean, for the coach's sake, um, hopefully he can carry on and basically move on with his life, really. Yeah. Um, But we will be right back after this break. In a week dominated by a pre-game stretch, we had some great football this past week headlined by an ESPN instant classic the Seahawks versus the 49ers one in which many of us stayed up last night to watch or I should say Monday night to watch watch. yes (laughs) yes we stayed up Monday night to watch struggling on Tuesday yeah I'm gonna tell you right now it was worth it it was worth it that game would have went into second overtime no, it would have it would have turned into a tie. No, it's two overtimes. It's two overtimes. I thought it was only one. Oh no, no, no they no, they changed it. You're right. No, it's always been two overtimes, brother. I thought it always. was one. No, no, no. So what happens is, so the first overtime, you have the whoever scores first thing. You know, oh, you know that's what they change. So if you're first and you don't score a touchdown, then of course. The other team gets a chance to score a touchdown. Yes, and if they scored a field goal on the first drive, then the other team gets a chance to right respond back. But in yeah. a but in a second overtime, it's sudden death. Or just sudden death. Yeah. Yes. So okay. yeah, if this would have went to second overtime, I would have went right to bed and called it a night. I would have definitely stayed up and watched the rest of this. Like, yeah, I, would, I, would, I mean, I, I mean, this is the first time I stayed up this late for sports or sports entertainment since you know. Monday night raw was actually really, really good. And that's about 20 years ago. And that's a shame. That is a shame. But this game, though, this game, if you're a defensive-minded person, you love seeing defense. You know, you love seeing, you know, just offense manage to, you know, just get one over a great defense. Like, this is the kind of game you need to watch, ladies and gentlemen. Like, this was incredible. Yeah, I had multiple people telling me how awesome it was, and 
Um, it was really def- a defensive game. It um, was pretty much a defensive game. Can we talk about Javadian Clowney though? I mean, oh my god! Can we talk about the can we can we talk about the buyer's remorse? <laughs> yeah, the buyer's remorse of the Texans and, and seller's remorse. I mean, because I don't. I mean, my goodness. I, I mean, he looks he looks like a number one pick. He looks like know? he looks like you know someone who can get himself into the defensive player of the year conversation. If he continues having games like this for the rest of the year. He's not in their conversation right now. We're not going to get into that yeah, because that probably four games before the season's over, sorry, talking about those awards. But Absolutely. Uh, but I don't know. I think that the Seahawks, they won. You got him. You got Ziggy Ansel on the other side. But, I mean, it didn't matter who he it went against. Was Ziggy, you know? I, kept, I kept asking because I had J5 here. And I was like, who's on the other side of uh, Javapi and Clowney? Because, like, they're just playing one-on-one um against them and that's just stupid. Nah, that's definitely Ziggy. Um but I just felt like he you know Javidian Clowney made the San Francisco tackles look like little look, uh peewee players. Yes. That's why I was like how can we how come they're not doubling him? I mean I don't want to quote another movie but I mean Javidian Clowney might have had you know Bruce Leroy out there teaching him some moves. Wow, I really feel like I've started something. <laughs> I mean, will you teach me some moves? And Cloudy was like, well, yeah, teach me teach all the moves. moves. Yeah, my goodness. But on a serious note, I mean, he really dominated. But, I mean, big shout out to the defenses. I mean, both defenses played very well. Some questionable calls at the end. I oh, honestly thought that the 49ers did get that first down. Before that kick, I, I thought he was way closer than they gave him. And towards uh, like, uh, halftime, too, like, can, like, can we talk about that play? Um, it was the, the strip that happened, but the defender was actually out of bounds when he was trying to ship it the first time. So, yeah, like, so I, you talk, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. You're talking about with Metcalf, yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, so. <sighs> It's a tough one. He he was out of bounds, and I don't know if they even reviewed that aspect they didn't. of it. They just reviewed the 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 last aspect actual, of it, which was kind of weird. Yeah, because I mean, I thought see before I thought, and I didn't know if this was actually a rule or not. If a player was out of bounds and he was like holding on to a player trying to tackle him, I thought that kind of signified that he might have been out of bounds. Also. Yeah. Because, I mean, when he was getting tackled initially, you know, the player was out of bounds when they were looking to see if his foot stepped out. Um, but either way, that that play would have been a touchback even still. I mean, because he, he got that ball out before they got into the end zone anyway. Um, but I thought it was questionable that the 49ers took a knee. That was very 40 seconds left that and a timeout. I didn't know what was going on. I thought that's where they made a huge mistake. I know they were up. Actually, no, they were down, they were down. 10 to 7. They were down 10 to 7. And uh, I'm looking. I'm like, well, why aren't they trying to score or trying to you know, move the ball at least one more time? Yeah. So I thought that was a huge mistake. Actually, well, no, the, 49, the 49ers were up 10 to 7. Excuse yes, me. Yes, at halftime. Yes. Yeah. Like, but I thought they was going to try to be up by 6 at halftime. But at exactly. least try to get a field goal out of it. But... I don't know. 
It was that. weird, but I think part of it was, as we were talking about, was Jamaica and Clowney just wreaking havoc. Just absolute like, like anarchy. And I'll say this. Jimmy Garoppolo is probably one of the, the better quarterbacks to come out of New England and really play well. And again, this is his first year because last year he got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, And you had several other quarterbacks who had one or two good years. You had your Matt Schaubs and some of the other quarterbacks. But I think Jimmy Garoppolo looks really, really good. I just felt like if the 49ers had like Matt Breda and some of these other running backs that they had brought in, I thought they definitely would have been more successful in yes. the run game. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, the game was really, really good. It was very good. Absolutely, it was I good. Mean, even the interception by Russell Wilson at the <laughs> end. Was, oh, you like that? Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Because uh, that was a great play. I, I mean, I know you said there was way too much air on that pass. It was way too much was, air on that pass. That was a great defensive play, though. Yes. Like, give all the credit to the defensive player, but that that was way too much air on that pass. Yeah. So, ultimately, clearly the 49ers lost their first game, bringing them to 8-1. and one. Seahawks are 8-2. and two, Where I know we just talked about, you know, the accolades coming in a few weeks. Obviously, Russell Wilson is in those talks for MVP. Um, but what were your first – thoughts on newly acquired Josh Gordon. He only had two catches, 27 yards, but I felt like they were pretty big catches. I think they're, they were very big catches, and I think as the season gets down, I mean, he's he's going to he's gonna just wreak havoc in the NFC uh, playoffs. I, I, I honestly really feel that way. I don't think this is a good sample size right now because it was his first game. Um you know, playing like an actual game, not on the practice field, but give mm-hmm. it some time though. I mean, they have weapons, you know, a lot of whom people didn't know about or didn't even care, but just wait, just wait. Cause you hear, you hear Dr. Prop say that before, just wait and we'll see what happens. I mean, the, the big story coming out of there was um, Jacob Hollister, uh, yes. the wide receiver there. Uh, Returning, he yeah. he had uh, eight catches for sixty yards with a TD, but he was he was he was getting some uh, tough catches in there too. He really was, and you know, as somebody who had their previous tight end, of course, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, this I think it's Visley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I have been eyeing Seattle tight ends, you know, for a while, but it, it was so hard to think of, you know, like who are, who are they going to start to replace him because I know. Russell likes to go to the tight end, which is why I'm surprised that it didn't work with Jimmy Graham. Um, but I think in this situation, yeah, uh, Hollister did do well, and I'll definitely be going to look to see if I can, uh, you know, pick him up. Yeah. Well, I think the what, what didn't work with Jimmy Graham there was they were still transitioning away from being a run-heavy team to now starting to open up the, open up the uh, airways up in the air for passes. Because cause he'll, he'll work right now because they do some really great passings. But before, I mean, they, he kind of, uh, Mr. Wilson kind of threw the ball because it was more of a, like desperation. Not It's not really desperation. I'm not trying to give him, you know, uh, flack about it. But like it was, it kind of looked like it was more towards desperation. It wasn't like a fixed play. 
Right. No, absolutely. Um, but that was just one. That was just a highlight game. ESPN classic. I mean, immediate it was, classic. It was classic. Um, it was a classic. But let's look at the game before that. You know, the game the day before that that ended the, our Sunday evening. Cowboys-Vikings. Obviously, the Cowboys lost. But really, Dak Prescott almost broke the internet. Okay. I had to mention this to J5. Uh, of course. No matter what happens, a public figure does. The internet will get a hold of it and they'll turn it into a memeing cessation. And that's the end oh, of the dude. story. That's it's over. all what's it about. Like, people just need to find something to entertain themselves with. That's just the way it is. That's the way the meme verse works. Ah, the meme verse. Make sure you got payment for that. It was insane. I, I mean, and when I saw it, I was like, okay, you know, he's opening up his hips, obviously. He's stretching it out. And I'm like, I mean, obviously, he might have thought about it. It is prime time. And, you know, maybe you should kind of, you know, give the Cowboys a reason to pay him or something. I don't know, you know. But ultimately. No, I just felt like it was just, it just so happened that the camera was showing him doing this. Honestly, I don't think. The, I mean, I, I know the cameraman was on him, but I'm pretty sure that technical director was like, oh, my God, this is gold. Oh, you absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, they, they need yeah. something. They need something. But the Cowboys lost. The Let's Cowboys did lose. That. But I think ultimately his stretching overweighed their loss. So he, it's like it kind of helped them cope with the so loss. So, yes and no. Um, outside of the FW... That dance or the stretch um, overlooked the game. But in DFW, they are getting their pitchforks ready. They want to see change. Um, they're, they're tired of things. I, I was hearing certain things on Monday morning where they were saying that Zeke might need to go and uh, they paid him way too much money for that type of performance. I mean, and even J5, and, and I'm putting this out there on the airways because he told me this. He said that I have his permission to put this out there so I can go back to the tapes and say this. He said that Zeke will lead the league in rushing at the end of the year. This was before this game. He said Zeke will end up overtaking Dalvin Cook, who currently leads the league in rushing, and will be, once again, the league rushing champion. I put that out. I put that out there. It's out there now, J. Fav. So you're welcome. So I don't. I mean, I hate to burst J. Fav's. Oh, I, I already burst his bubble. I mean, I'm like after, after that kind of performance and Dalvin Cooks just dis- like. Okay, let's let's talk about the game. Let, let's just talk about the game because well, hold pe- on. Pe- people, I mean, people you got can't just put that out there. Hold on, you can't just put that out there and just let no, and just no, and just no, let that on. glaze over. Yeah, now wait a minute. He would be lucky at this point if Zeke has more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson. Dang, Do you understand what I'm saying? And mind you, Lamar Jackson is only four slots away from Zeke. And we're talking about 86-yard difference. Mm -hmm. We're talking about over 200 yards. He has a catch. Not only Dalvin Cook, but 
the what one two three four the eight other people in front of him, <laughs> you know, it's just not happening. He's just not running with as, as the effect that he has in the past. He's I he's mean, not running with as much uh, anger. I guess is probably the word. Only person I could see moving beyond Dalvin Cook at this particular point would be Derrick Henry. And he's having a heck of a season too. He is. But uh I, I'm sorry, J Five. I just I just don't see it happening. I was like, hey, if you want to say these things, you know I'm gonna put it out there now. Don't say these things. Don't say these things. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately it comes down to you know, this is a year where Zeke held out. You know, he missed a lot of training camp. You know, he came in. You know, even though he was in shape, you know, he had all that that off the field issues. And you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, it's football. True, it's football. I understand what you're saying, but it's football. Yeah. No matter how you look at it, it's still football. It is. It is. I'm just saying. It is. No, you're absolutely right. I think um but yeah, no, you know what? Let's not even do that. The game. The game itself. The game. Let's let's say like let's just talk about the game. <laughs> I, I think that outside of all that cowboy stuff, there was a lot of focus on Kirk Cousins in prime time. Um, saying that Kirk Cousins doesn't really do well in prime time. Well, for all those who was doubting him, I mean, what did he say a few years ago? You like that? Because <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. he had a game. He did have a pretty solid game, you know. Um, and um, honestly, honestly, I mean, Dak had an excellent game. Dak had an excellent game. He had and a I great game. Uh, three TDs. Uh, he got, you know, picked off once. He only got sacked once with a QBR of 101.4. I mean, he had a heck of a game. So you talked about DFW now. I, I didn't hear about Zeke potentially getting let go. I heard a lot about Demarcus Lawrence being let go. Well, here's the problem. And I had a chance to talk about uh, this with Jay Faxley, with Jay Fox was telling me this too. They are way more focused on their little clicks than they are. And it's not just the Marcus Lawrence. There's other players as well, too. Well, um, has, I mean, he got paid. I mean, he got oh, paid. Yeah, absolutely. Paid. I mean, he's the one who got paid. Absolutely. Like it's, it's going to, you know, people are going to put that magnifying glass on him anyway. But, um, you know, these little clicks that they're creating there. And I forgot what they, I forgot what he called it. Um, what they, what they call themselves. I don't care because they're not winning. But that's the point. Like right. they're not winning. Like, like you know, I was telling them as we were driving, uh, coming back from uh, Hard Eight Barbecue. Make sure you try Hard Eight Barbecue. Their food's freaking delicious. Um, that it doesn't matter if you have clicks. It doesn't matter, you know, if you walk with the confidence that you do. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're getting on that field and you try to get that dub. And if you ain't getting that dub, you talking all this other stuff. Like no one's gonna care. Because you're a loser. You're a loser. Right. Yeah. You know, that that's you're why right. that's why you don't, you know, tug on Superman's cape, which is the, you know, to to coin a phrase. Like like you don't do stuff like that. Like you don't you don't give the opposing team, you know, uh bulletin board items before a game. Eagles, 
Um, you know, because it could come back and haunt you. And, you know, if you're not focused on, you know, defending your people and stuff like that, it's great. But then J5 um, countered that by saying, well, you know, Jason Garrett, you know, if he gets fired, I want him to stay within the organization because he brought such a great culture there. But I'm like, well, I have to be the devil's advocate because that's the issue because it's such a great, you know, culture and it's a good old boys club because he's so cool with Jerry Jones. They're never going to, you know, pass beyond their potential. And now you're going to have another quarterback who wasted his prime. I'll just say this, and I don't know how we are on time, but I'll say this. Jeff Fisher and Marvin Lewis also had interesting cultures. Yes. And they, you know, and they were let go. I mean, it, it took them a long time. It took you a know, very Jeff long Fisher, time. Jeff Fisher had two stints in which I thought he didn't deserve. Yep. And then Marvin Lewis had a stint I thought should have ended. And don't get me wrong. This is not a, I know some people are going to probably be out there like, oh my God, there's not too many black coaches in the league. And I get that wholeheartedly. But I'm talking about success versus failure. Success you know versus saying? failure. Like we're looking <laughs> yeah, at it, like, you know, on on paper. Success versus yeah. failure. And it's just not successful. So, I mean, ultimately, I think Jason Gary Dallin should be fired. But I don't. I mean, personally, would he be able to get a promotion? I don't think he would do that. I don't think other teams would let him do that. He'll become an offensive coordinator somewhere else, and that'll be the end of it. You know. Or he'll be a, com- a head coach somewhere else, even yep. though I'm not 100% sold on him being a head coach, but that's just how it would be. Um, but ultimately, you know, they lost. <laughs> they lost. They're now 5-4. and four. They're currently uh, tied record-wise record with the Eagles, but they're number one in the NFC East due to be- them beating the Eagles. And the NFC East is looking pretty rough. And their schedule going forward is actually pretty tough compared to the Eagles. And I think I had said that they had to win those winnable games um, maybe about two or three weeks ago. When, you did. Uh, right, right before they, they lost to the Jets, I said. Right, right before they, they – exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They had to beat these games. And they've already lost two of the games that I said they needed to win. So I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I know we're running low. So let's look at these other two games really quick. Can we just say right. Lamar Jackson? Lamar freaking Jackson. I mean – He's looking like Willie Beeman out there. So for the media members out there who didn't know who he was or, you know, underestimated his ability, welcome to the party. I'm so glad you decided to join us. I I think it was one of those situations where I don't think it was the underestimating the ability. I think it was the taboo of the black quarterback. Yeah, I think it was was overestimating other quarterback skills over his yes you know what i mean like overestimating like hey he's short you know he you know he has the arm clearly he's a heisman winner he led louisville to some big games you know what i mean some big big games and i mean he's obviously taken quote unquote the league by storm is what they're saying but obviously this is what he's been doing in college and now this is what he's doing in the nfl yeah uh, and shout out to Harbaugh, who, you know, had to adjust his offense, obviously. He, he got rid of uh, Joe Flacco. That was the first thing he did, right? Which is pure genius. You know, you, you bring in Lamar, you have RG3 back him up, somebody who's done it, even though, you know, people will say he hasn't been successful. I mean, RG3 is a backup, I think, in this situation is really good for them both. Yep. And um, I think they're they're looking really, really good. Um, clearly they're seven and two he's winning um but 
I also want to jump to the other side and look at Ryan Finley, you know, the North Carolina product who um, actually had opportunity to start his first game. Didn't look too bad nope. out there. Nope. Uh, six, uh, 16 for 30, 167, QBR of 66.9. That's not I'm, bad. With uh, 22 rushing down, yards. And they were down early, so he had to throw the ball a lot. A so, lot. I mean, I, you know, you have to give him some credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Ravens are playing very well. Um, and, you know, hopefully we get we get some good playoff games out of them. I think so. Um I think especially uh, compared to what they did last year in the playoffs, because people keep forgetting that they was in the playoffs last year for some reason. Yeah. Um, I think that they're going to be, you know, much more, uh, a much bigger force to be reckoned with. Um, And big shout outs to Marcus Peters and uh, Earl Thomas as well, too, who's been balling. Indeed. And uh, the last game really quickly here, the Falcons versus the Saints. Um, Big surprise, the Falcons held the Saints to three field goals. I'm not sure what in the world was going on over there. Uh, They only ran Alvin Kamara four times, which is kind of unbelievable. But, um, you know, I don't know. I just know that you mentioned that they sacked Drew Brees six times. They sacked him six times. That's six times more than I've ever seen Drew Brees. Sacked him six times and held him down to 46 yards. Uh, No, 287, sorry. Yeah, you're fine. Um, so ultimately, we're going to see what happens moving forward. Um, I don't know if there was any communication issues. Obviously, Matt Ryan's back from injury. So, yep. um, and then I heard Devontae Freeman got injured. So we'll see exactly what happens on that front. Um, but with that, I think we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Sounds good to me. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are on our final topic here, the NBA, the hardwood, what you've been waiting for. So I had the opportunity, Prof, to listen to Kevin Hart's newest episode of Cold as Balls, right? Which Which is ironic because I'm drinking Balls uh, soft drink, too. (laughs) I'm glad you finished that and, sentence. And, 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 and that's spelled B-A-W-L-S, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Um, so on Cold as Balls, he had Chris Paul on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's asking Chris Paul a whole bunch of questions and whatnot. Of, you know, his transition to OKC, you know, what happened in Houston, the banana boat, so on and so forth. And Chris Paul said something interesting. He said, Sometimes these owners and these GMs are telling you one thing and then you find out something completely different. And then the next thing you know, you're traded, (laughs) you know, and, you know, of course that made me think of, you know, the situation that you're experiencing, which is apropos because I didn't even, I, this is the first I've heard of this and it's exactly what I told doc. (laughs) I'm telling you, like, I mean, I, I listened to it maybe, I guess, an hour ago now, right before we started. And, you know, they're talking about the friendships. They're talking about yep. everything. And then Chris Paul randomly says, you know, the GM in Houston, obviously Daryl Morey, didn't say his name, but you know it's Daryl Morey. Yep. He was telling him all these things, but then ultimately it's like, and he traded me, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, he traded me, yep. you know, which, which made sense. But 
reports came out earlier that suggested that the Knicks are going to do some in-season firings of their coaching staff, which is absolutely ridiculous because, as I mentioned last week, can we please just get to 10 games? And so we are now. Here, now, here we are. The Knicks are sitting at 2-8. and eight. You got a chance to see one of those one out of two wins, which yep. is awesome. I was there. 2-0 uh, and no with me attending the Knicks game, by the way, ladies that, and gentlemen. That, I told James Dolan he should hire you and stop playing. So He's not going to do it. That, that's why. That's why. Absolutely. So the Knicks are 2-8. and eight. They won one at home, one on the road. And there's already talks of them firing Dolan after 10 games with a brand new roster. I mean, this roster just put together. Dolan or? You said Dolan. I don't even. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dolan's going to try to get rid of. Get rid of. I, I well, I don't. I don't know if it's Fisdale. I mean, yeah, it's Fisdale. No, it's Fisdale. It, yes, it, 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 yes. The, the, the headline is um, at, immediately after the game. Um, the GM and president both uh, called the press conference, and they said that they're in the works, starting the paperwork to get Coach Fisdale fired. But did you see the the? <laughs> did you see that one of the headlines after that? It was saying that. Dolan was going to try and go after the GM from the Raptors. Yes, right? he wanted to go after Usai Ujiri. And I'm like... Which means, which means now the GM's job is in question. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, he, it, it's like smoke. It, it could be smoke and mirrors. It, it could be. be it's This is, you know, to coin a phrase, you know, shaking your hand with my left hand and stabbing you with my right. And you don't normally shake people with hand with the left hand. And, and that's the whole point of it. Like, absolutely. Like, what, like this is a circus right now, ladies and gentlemen. That's all this is right now. Like, this is a circus. Um, I don't think people know what they're doing anymore there. I think there's a lot of infighting that's happening there, uh, similar to a former job that I, you know, discussed with Doc a time ago, hmm. where everyone's just trying to find the advantage so they don't get fired. Here's the problem. And I also say this to Jay Fowler, who's also a Knicks fan. I'm pretty sure at the start of the season, they stated that we're not in a win-now mode due to our off-season failures. It's not my failure, even though I'm a Knicks fan. It's their failure because they Which kept – I don't think it was a you know, failure. It was a failure. It was I a failure. I don't think so. To, to, I, to I, them – no, no, no. And, and I'm agreeing with you, but – Going to state why to them because they didn't get these high price free agents. For them, it's a failure. They, they they paid a lot of money for these free agents that they got. You know who I'm talking they about. Stop! It. Come on, stop! They paid, they paid a lot of stop. money stop. for stop. Julius Randle. They paid a lot of money for you know Portis. Portis, you know, they Bobby paid, Portis. They paid some money for a, a Morris twin. You know what I'm saying? They paid a lot of money for you know all these players. So I mean, I don't really understand what's going on. They paid a lot of money. I don't know. A lot. I, I mean, wish you I don't could. see. Like, listen. I wish I could I tell mean, you. you see, here's, here's, you but you don't see these other teams panicking, though. That's the thing that's crazy. I mean, this, this is what his second year, right? Yeah, second year. Second I mean, year. And, and remember, and remember. I mean, come on. Remember, he was told to tank last year. 
And I even I told you during last Zion. year, yeah, because they wanted to get Zion, which I said should actually be RJ, which now we have RJ. But, you know, I even told you last year, like, the Knicks could have won, you know, more than half those games that they lost because they suddenly decided to stop playing in the fourth quarter or even in the second half. But that's what I said last year. And the box scores for each game proved my point, by the way. I don't even know. Like, I understand that you can tank, but I really don't even understand how, as an athlete, you would even, like, start to process of tanking. They probably you know get them, you know, monetary compensation for it, unfortunately. Because remember, they're trying to go after a rookie, and you're not going to pay a rookie, you know, a hefty amount. So you can use that surplus money, you know, towards certain players. So, you know, A, they don't talk about it because that's pretty important. You know, don't ask, don't tell. Um, You know, and B, to alleviate their egos so they don't feel so bad about losing games on purpose. Right. Now, interesting fact here, and I'm not sure if this is good or bad. And, I mean, this is in no shape me disrespecting him as a player. I think he's a good player, but. I think it's very telling right now Mm -hmm. that Marcus Morris is leading in points per game for the Knicks after 10 games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's insane. And, 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 you know, and I'm going to talk a lot about my experience at the game this past Friday. Because you went. Because I went, I was there. I was there. In fact, I was actually on MSG Network, ladies. Like, like all, all my fellow Knicks fans, like they saw me on TV and they clipped that real fast. Like, first of all, shout out to you all. Looked like you were discussing X's and O's. Discussing exactly, and that's what I do. You know, all the things that I was reading, it was correct. This is what Doc and Prof does. Like, we know these things before it happens, and we provide the info for you. Cheap plug for the Box friends right here on Anchor.com, uh, Anchor.fm, and also on any and all podcast platforms as well, too. So make sure you give us a check out. Anywho. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the one thing that I was stating to the gentleman that I was talking to um, on TV was <laughs> Marcus Morris has a really bad habit of taking really bad selfish shots like these shots are just for him once again you're playing on a bad team you're trying to get your stats up so you can get yourself a better contract that's pretty much all it is the michael beasley effect the michael bees exactly um and you know as i'm saying this marcus morris will hit a three and he's like yeah keep saying that keep saying i'm like just just wait and i said that was the theme on friday a lot like just just wait like have him keep putting up these stupid three-point shots. He's going to just go cold. Like, he needs to go inside and do more from within there. And he started to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, as soon as he stopped just trying to act like he's Steph Curry, we could possibly win. I said there's, you know, two main things in the fourth quarter we had to do. We had to play excellent defense, which we did. And Marcus Morris needed to stop shooting stupid three-point shots, which he did. What was your... What was your impression of R.J. Barrett? Well, I mean, he was cold during that particular game, but he was contributing on the court that wasn't going to get picked up by stat lines. Like, he has such a high basketball IQ. You know, you hear us, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. We hear this from our coaches, but we play too, where if you're not scoring, you should be contributing some other way to help the team to win. And, and that's exactly what he was doing. Absolutely. So, so he showed his his uh, basketball IQ uh, on Friday evening. 
Um, and and I, once again, I would love for him to stay there. Um, you know, I know people were ragging on KP on his exit. Once again, I hmm. think that was just a terrible marriage because the front office has issues, as we see right now. And, right. you know, the player had issues too. And, you know, things just trickle down from there. I mean, Chris Stop still has the uh, sexual um, harassment. I think harassment or assault, one of those two allegations still upon them. So, I mean, I would love to see RJ still develop. I still think he needs to, you know, focus on his free throw shooting, which you mentioned um, with him coming out of Duke. Um, But, I mean, I have high hopes for him. You know, he could he could drop 30 a game. Um, but at the same time, he can contribute in other aspects of the game as well, too. Like, it's just not always about points, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's not just about trying to get triple doubles as well. Like, there's ways uh, that you can help a team to win. That's a Rockets. That's a Rockets philosophy. It's not always about triple doubles. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you saw, you saw, you saw, I didn't, you saw, I didn't hesitate like a second. Like, no. <laughs> Come on, it's always about triple double. It's Why don't you not. Knock it off. It really is. I'm not. I'm not going to go there with you. I'm not going to go there with you. You should go there. I'm not going to go there with you. Don't see, just stop triple, that with me. Now triple doubles count. Now triple okay. doubles count because you're now no stop. Stop count. I can't. Um, you you disappoint me. But speaking of counting, um, we did get <laughs> we did get notification um, that Paul George is going to be coming back, mm-hmm. um, and I'm actually pretty excited about that. But even more exciting, and I'm I'm hoping I'm not stealing one of your final thoughts with this, but uh, Victor Oladipo is returning is, uh, as well. Yes, yes, is returning. They're actually going to assign him to the G League, so he can mm-hmm. actually. I'm practicing so which i think is perfect um yeah. that that's a real baseball thing to do right there that's awesome yeah he gets a chance to you know to practice to you know work out the rust you know obviously i'm pretty sure he's probably been just going ham and for those who don't know you know of course victor olivo got hurt last year or was it the year before last no it was last year it was last year it was last year um they were fourth in the east and that's when he got hurt yeah, so I mean, it's good to see that he's backed up already. I thought he would have probably missed even this entire season. Oh, correction, he was they were third in the East. Sorry. Yeah, they were up. They were definitely up there. Um, but you know, right now they're looking okay. You know, they they signed Matthew Brogdon in the off season, I which is a when, great pickup. It is. I think when Oladipo comes back, I think they'll be strong. Um, they have a pretty nice, solid team, mm-hmm. underrated team. But I think the Pacers have always been underrated. Absolutely. You know, even in the, you know, um, the younger days, you know, with um, Schmitz and all those guys. I mean, yep. Mark Jackson, Reggie Miller. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, oh, and here's the problem, though. And we keep talking about this with, you know, uh, basketball is people only care about, you know, the pizzazz uh, teams, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the teams that are flashy. You know, which is why people keep sleeping on the Spurs, but yet they won five championships and you know are always in the playoffs. Same thing with the um with the Trailblazers. I mean, right now they're currently out of the playoffs once again. Only ten games. Relax, relax, plus, plus. <laughs> um, but I mean, even the Trailblazers, like people, you know, sleep on them so hard they got Nurkic back. 
Um, and I believe they also got Whiteside as well, but I think he has some kind of complication. I don't know if he's hurt or he has some kind of um, yeah. issues there. Something definitely happened with him uh, last week. I know, you know, him and Shaq got into a little spat as well, but him and Shaq, I, I don't care about no. Yeah, I mean, it was just. It was just one of those things that kind of just happened, but yeah. honestly, I think that that's another up and coming team. They're all they're, there's a lot of these up and coming teams that have the the talent. It's well, I mean, and the Trailblazers aren't really up and coming because they were just in the Western Conference Finals last year. Well, when I, I'm talking about the other teams, obviously, okay. Trailblazers, but I'm okay. just saying there are a lot of these up and coming teams that are coming up. And mm-hmm. the reason why the Trailblazers are falling is because of those up and coming teams. Absolutely. You know? I mean, the Suns are six and three without DeAndre Ayton. Yep. I mean, the Mavericks are six and four. Exactly. And these are teams that were struggling last year. The Timberwolves were kind of struggling last year. Obviously, the Spurs being five and five, I mean, they're still working out a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, we're not just talking about the number 15 team down there, obviously, which is the Warriors. I mean, heck, even the 14th team, like the Pelicans may be two and eight, but, you know, and I'll say this like similar to my Knicks, like it's not like it's a, um, they lost like horrible games. Like all their games have been pretty close. They've been very, very competitive. And they've had they a, just lost and, games. And to be honest, they've had a pretty tough schedule. I they mean, have. When I'm looking at it, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, the first game against the champs, you know, which you was which turned into an incredible game. Yes. And then you come back, you play the Mavericks, which, you know, you've seen they're a pretty solid team. Luke is playing well. You have to come in and play the Rockets after that. Then you play the Warriors before they started getting super injured. And then you go and play the Pelican, the, the Nuggets, yep. Thunder, Nets, Raptors again. And then. It's like, so it's a pretty tough schedule. And then they just played the Rockets again last night. But it's like, so they're playing a pretty tough schedule in the West because the West is so strong. And, you know, even this week, they're playing the next three games, Clippers, Heat, Warriors. Yep. So it's like the West is really, really strong. And every team has to do well in order to adjust. I mean, basically, we're looking at the New Orleans Lakers right now because that's what they have. Um, but they have to be able to use those pieces that make something happen. They're not a bad team. This is not a bad team. I mean, looking at it, you, you're, you're probably missing some of the star power, quote unquote. But, and I think Brandon Ingram might have might have got a slight injury, if I'm not mistaken. But this is a pretty solid team, and I expect them to finish strong, even yes. before Zion gets back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like I just don't understand like why the media is, you know, acting, you know, brand new about this. I don't even like using stupid fat quotes, but like it's it it's perfectly relevant here. Like why are they acting brand new about this whole thing? And I mean, I guess the one thing I would want to do is see now it's okay to kind of talk about it. Okay, we're 10 games in, we've 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 allowed everybody to kind of gel a little bit. You know, yep. we're starting to see it. Lakers seven and two, Nuggets seven and two, Rockets seven and three. Ja- the, the, you know, the stars are aligning and the teams that are jockeying for position. You kind of see 
what they're going to give you, who they got, you know, injuries, so on and so forth. You know, but right now, the war is being two and nine with Clay out, Steph out, Draymond out. You know, you bring in D'Angelo Russell, who's, you know, I mean, he's a great player, but they're working a whole new system right now. A whole new system. A whole new system. that's not it's not fair you know it's not fair fair. exactly that ain't right it ain't right but it is basketball it's basketball it is basketball um but i mean ultimately i mean heck think about it like this though wasn't wasn't weren't the rockets doing pretty abysmal at the start of the year last year we did i think we were we were definitely like yeah exactly it was like that it was Exactly. Yeah, we were definitely so, not gelling. It so no once no. again, just wait. <laughs> and, and again, that's why I was giving it at least ten games to kind yeah. of let things kind of just shape out. Like let them shake it off a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Give them ten games. I mean, we weren't even giving people ten games. Well, and and there was also there was an article saying uh, stating speaking of the Warriors actually that. Um, GMs uh, and other teams were looking to get revenge on the Warriors for the five years of absolute anarchy that they were displaying to the league. So I thought like, I thought that was interesting. But I'm like getting revenge on Steve Kerr. Obviously no one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just Steve Kerr right now. Is it is it the owner? Is it you know like is it G I don't know. Like, I'm like and it goes back to my whole point like why in the world are people getting upset with the Warriors when you know a certain person chasing ghosts in Chicago uh, uh, Ghost of Chicago, you know, did something similar, but we all supposed to praise it. Like we can't, we can't, we can't have your cake and eat it. I mean, you know, I like cake, but I mean, I mean, and when and when Doc know. comes back out here, he's gonna enjoy some of the best cakes out here in uh, eighty-five degrees. That's right. That's right. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, but I mean, honestly, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough world that we live in. You know, everybody's comparing somebody to somebody. Yeah. And it's one of those situations where, I mean, we're just talking about kicking people down. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, some things that people are saying are over the top. You know, obviously, there's a lot of jokes and whatnot. You know, like I said, James Harden saying that, you know, they'll have to wait until, you know, Clay, Steph, and KD come back for them to start winning again. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, obviously, that's a lighthearted joke because, I mean, you know, Clay might come back and just start dominating. Personally, I feel that way. I'm just saying, like, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, just let them get over this little hump. It's early. It's just 10 games. Yep. They might come back and dominate. They might come back and, and make the playoffs and still dominate. So let's just hold on. Let's not put them back 10, 15 years. You know, let's, let's hold on. Like, they're not going to be, you know, like, just stop it. Like, they really gotta stop this stupid stuff. They really, really do. Um, but other than that, any teams that you felt were ten games? Any any shocking teams? Yeah, I mean, they all look pretty. I mean, it's okay. Still rather early. Like I said, this is just a good sample size at the beginning, you know. But once again, once we we're gonna do it based off of ten games, you know, as we head towards yeah. like once we get. Towards a quarter of the way of the season, like that's when we really got our great sample size. But like we wanted that first ten games to at least get that initial yeah. taste. Come on, give us, give us 
let's just get 10 games. And that's how I was trying to say. Now, I will say that I am low-key. I mean, I'm proud of them that they're still competing. But I'm pretty shocked with the Cavaliers play of late. Uh, I will believe you. Yes. I mean, two, three players, almost four players averaging over 15 points a game almost. I mean... You know, Colin Sexton coming in, Kevin Love mm-hmm. playing, I mean, a little better. Uh, Tristan Thompson, who I didn't even remember was even in the league at one point. I was like, does he even still play? Like, yep. you even basketball, bro. Um, and he's actually scored about 16 points a game. So, I mean, shout out to them. And, you know, hopefully they can, you know, get over that hump, you know, that obviously LeBron and Kyrie and Tyron Lue left. Yep. Um, but other than that, um, we will take a quick break and be right back with our two-minute drill. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And we are now at our two-minute drill, where every week we try to give you some additional topics that we didn't cover during the show. My first one is, in a surprise move, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers release cornerback Vernon Hargraves for his lack of hustle. Over to you, bro. Well, we spoke about this before, um, about the massive layoffs with this esports team, but it looks like it's official. Uh, Esports company Echo Fox is no more. Back to you, Doc. Capwatch has officially returned as the NFL clubs were informed that Colin Kaepernick will hold a private workout on Saturday in Atlanta, and he will actually be doing field work and interviews. All clubs are invited to attend as per um, Shifter. Over to you, Prof. Uh, and finally, uh, Doc and I want to wish a huge congratulations to Justin Wong on his marriage. Uh, a few days ago. Uh, so that's my last one. Well, we're going to end on that one because it's so positive and I don't want to end on a bad note. <laughs> <laughs> end of the show right there. Um, definitely tune in next week as we'll continue with the reads that you need and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Yay! Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Debate Amongst Friends. Give us a follow on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to all of our Debate Amongst Friends podcasts here on Anchor, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And like we always say, goodbye, and to all, a good night. L-E-S-G. Peace the ocean.